Welcome, and thank you for listening to the New Day Podcast. We are located in South Kansas City, proclaiming the good news of God's grace to our region and abroad. If you'd like more information, please visit our website, newdaykc.org. looking at the first two, which is your mind gets convinced, which I will tell you this, a mind convinced that they are okay with God and God's okay with them, it, it's the game changer. But then the second thing is we get con- convinced in our hearts about the judgment of God and the fear of God's judgment goes away. God is a judge. But the glorious good news is you've already been judged in Christ. And so, I, you know, like I talked about last week, I was taught all my life that, boy, you're going to stand before the Lord and then it's all going to lay bare, you know. And it even had one teacher described it. And there's going to be a video and there will be a camera, you know, and there's the movie of your life and all that. If, the, if you're going to see any movie, it's going to be Christ. That's just stunning. You're going to get to see his life working in you. Because the reality is, is you're an eternal being now. And you've passed, fr- you've already passed through judgment. Isn't that amazing? So I'm, I don't know about you, but it so took away 20, 39 years, I don't know, 20 some years of teaching. It washed it out of my soul. And now when I think of God and judgment, uh, I actually think through the parables. Do you know that most of the parables are about the judgments of God? And do you know how they end up? Almost all the parables, almost all of them that Jesus taught are about mercy and love and about being found. They're not about being cast off. They're about God's intent. And it's like, oh, why wasn't I taught it this way? Well, I'm teaching it now. Okay. So the third one is this. Notice I wrote it in great big letters at the top. You are able to trust God. When you look at the circumstances of life and what you go through, there's times where, I don't know, I I never felt like God wasn't there, but I I would say things like, where are you, God? Do you remember those? Did you ever say, where are you? Why am I stuck here all alone? And the truth of the issue is, here's the solid truth, he doesn't leave. He didn't go anywhere. Why is he so silent? Well, some of that could be you're not listening well, or some of that can be he's choosing to be silent at that point in time. And I've taught this for a lot of years. Sometimes God speaks loudest by his silence. All you have to do is look at childhood things, you know. Um, Did you ever have that where you kept asking for something, and then finally your dad goes, 
there's no answer. He just stares at you. You know, I've given you my answer. And sometimes we get that from the Lord, not in a harsh way, but sometimes there's silence. And silence isn't always bad, and it's not always negative. Silence is to get your soul, your heart to learn to actually trust and to trust in him. So that's where you go back to this scripture. It's not about God being good or bad to you. It's about God being God to you. Therein is, is the solid thing. I always come back when it, whenever it's this. I learned to trust God over scriptures that taught me to trust God. You always come back to the truth. If I am justified in my faith and that I'm at peace with God, then I can do Romans 8.15. You did not receive, and I want you to really hear this deep, deep in your soul. You did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The spirit himself bears witness with our spirit. We are children of God. The most important time to wrap your arms around believing that is on your worst day. Not on your best day. It's easy to do on your best day. But on your very worst day. But you never have one. Okay. You know, you, you know, you're either going into a crisis, you're in a crisis, or you're coming out of a crisis. That's a lot of life. It is. We don't like to teach our kids what, that well. But it's the truth. It is at that time, it's then, that we lean into this scripture and go, wait a minute. I've been adopted. You know, and especially, I always poke at the charismatics, but I poke at that because that's who we were or are or something. It's, we all like to use that word Abba. That sounds really like it, it's part of our religious language now. Do you know what I mean? Abba. You know, and it's just, but really what it meant was it, what is the most intimate term that you can come up with for father that you have? Daddy? What else? Pops? Papa? Um, each of, it's really weird, but each of my kids call me something different in regards to how they relate to me intimately, you know, and don't, I guess what I want to say is, this is just a little side, it's not a bunny trail, don't get hung up on the Abba, uh, on that part of it, you know, we, we've done weird stuff like, well, you got to do, you have to say a Yeshua, no, you don't, you, you praying a prayer to, to Yeshua doesn't make it more holy than me saying Jesus. It's the same name. And and you know, and you adding Mashiach doesn't doesn't make doesn't give it more power. You know, it's Jesus the Messiah is what you're saying. Actually what you're saying is Christ. And so 
in, in doing that, it's not about getting hung up on these words. The trust comes in me going, wait a minute. I, I didn't receive bondage. I received freedom. I can trust God because I'm at peace with him. And then there's something that happens when I start focusing on that. Even when I get ready to pray over the big, hairy, scary stuff. Got big, hairy, scary stuff going? You know, it becomes these monsters that seem bigger in life. That's when you go to these scriptures and go, no, God's God. And then you have to settle something, though. And that's this, and I'm going to make a subtle thing on my splitting hairs. Yes, a little bit, but I think it helps. Is God in control or is God in charge? Because if you believe that God's in control of everything, he's not very nice. He's actually not very trustworthy. If you think God's in control of everything and will make you do something or make other people do something so that you can be okay, you've got a view of God that is a little bit distorted. I believe that God is in charge. And there's times, and I can't explain why, there's times that God seems to intersect into our timeline and make himself known. But that doesn't make him more good or less good. It makes him him. And so I let God be in charge. And uh, I'm not saying that you shouldn't ever pray against bad circumstances. That's not what I'm saying at all. But I am saying this. If you can lean into prayers that say, this stinks right now, that's a very honest prayer. This really stinks. But I trust you, God. I trust you. Because you've, and then start naming, remember back things that he brought you through before, where you were convinced in your heart that he was in charge, that he knew and understood. Because I saw you at that and, that, and that's doing a very solid biblical principle of uh, what the old writers used, parabolic language, to say those are the ancient pathways. And along the pathways, they would set stone markings. And they would set markers in their life. Recount to the one who's in charge the markers in your life where you knew he was in charge. And it does something in building our trust in God. Because you've already, see, you're already in Christ. You've been justified. You're already in peace. You have peace. And that thing is trying to steal your peace. Do you know what reharnesses that peace? Lifting your voice and says, God, I trust you. I trust you. There's nobody else you can't. Do you trust yourself? That's a bad move. I've made a lot of wonderful decisions. I've made some boneheaded, stubborn, what were you thinking, decisions. One time in the river, not that long ago, so this isn't like the old, old, old river. I like to go fishing by myself, and the river's a very dangerous environment, even though it just looks like it's a regular old river there in God's country in Iowa. 
I was coming down the river, and I decided to go down a different channel. I know the river really well, and I, you know, it changes year to year, but not a lot. And I got the I got the boat hung up on a sandbar. And it's just aluminum flat bottom boat. You know, it's not that big a deal. And I went, well, I'll just lift the motor up. So I hit the tilt and trim, and I get the motor tilted up. And I have sandals on and shorts because it's a nice warm day in God's country. And I, I jump out because it's just shallow water. I'm hung up on a sandbar anyway. And when I jump out and land on the sandbar, I go up to my knees in silt. The sand wasn't sand. It was like quicksand. And I'm now on the outside of the boat hanging on to the side of the boat, only my, I can't move my legs. And right about that time, the boat starts moving because I lifted the motor. Only now I'm at the front of the boat and the current is bringing, picture this, and the boat turns a little bit <coughs> cockeyed and now the boat is coming over top of me. And I'm stuck up to my, and it's really amazing what you can't do when you can't flex your knees. So I said to myself, self, <laughs> you're in deep trouble here, boy. <laughs> you know, you've got to get away from this thing. So what would you naturally do? I tried to push the boat away. When I tried to push the boat away, guess what happened to my legs? They went deeper into the sand. And every time I pushed the boat away, what did the current do? You ever had these situations in life that were felt like that? This is why it's such an excellent parable to the, to the story. And that boat, you know, and so I'm getting more and more bent backwards, which is harder. I have to take all my effort to now push the boat away to keep it from slow drowning me. And I'm going, this is a bad way. This is not, like, not, this is going to be slow when they say you're going to recount your life. Well, I'm going to have several minutes here, so. Which parts of the movie do I want to see? Uh, and I remembered that I passed this old couple. Well, they were older looking than I was. So uh, I call them old couple. And that they were about maybe a block and a half down river. So what do you do when you're in trouble? Help! Help me! Actually, I, I have a really loud whistle. So I whistled real loud, thinking surely they'll hear it, and then they'll hear my screams for help. So I whistle really loudly. There's nothing. I'm getting no help. And I'm starting to get worn out trying to keep the boat off of me. And I just went. And then here's really what happened. I started going, God, you've always been in charge of my life. If it's time to go, it's time to go. You know, there's, there's some things that are really set in concrete through the word about ordained. It's about birth and death. God knows exactly when you're going to be born. He's in charge. And he knows exactly the day that you're going to stand before him and your loved ones. He knows those things. It's ordained. It's already settled. It's sealed. So I started telling him, I trust you. You know, I, tr I trust you with my wife. 
just trust you, God, but I'd really like to get out of this one. You know, I'd, I'd really, here, here's what I heard from the Holy Spirit. Do the opposite, pull, don't push. So I did the thing that didn't seem logical. The boat's coming towards me, so I pulled it towards me, and I pulled it down instead of pushing it away. And when I pulled it down, all of you guys who understand these things, what happened? Just a little bit the first time. Now, I make it sound like, you know, I'm out of breath. I'm old. Um, it's now been two and a half to three minutes. You know, my arms are shaking uh, from trying to keep the boat off me. So again, I... And I pull, and I, I was able to pull enough that I got my elbows hooked over the gunwale of the boat, the side of the boat. And, I go, and then I just go, now my feet still aren't out. My feet are still, it's about half, mid-calf. And, of course, those stupid sandals I have on, you know, they always, they look really cool until you have them on in the water. And they're like, you know, and I, I got size 13s anyway, so these are like two-by-fours that are stuck in the sand, you know, trying to get them out. I just kept going, you know, I kept going, pull, pull, pull. And I pull, I pulled again, and the whole boat, now, it moved. And what did it do? It, the very thing that was going to kill me pulled me out. It was the very thing that actually worked the reverse. In every circumstance, I just kept, I just kept, you know, I wanted, I didn't pray it out loud because it all happened so quick, but inside of me, I'm thinking, trust God. You can trust the Lord. He's got this. You can, and that was the witness inside of me. That was the spirit. I'm at peace with God. I'm one with God. And that was the thing that was the strength that did it. 1 John 5, 9 says, if we receive the witness of man, the witness of God is greater. Everything about that circumstance said, you're in deep yogurt. You know, this is, this is not going to go well for you. For this is the witness of God of which he has testified of his son. He who believes in the son of God has the witness in himself. He who does not believe God has made him a liar because he has not believed the testimony that God has given us, his son. How do you know you can trust God? He gave you his son. We sing the song, what more could he give? He who has the son has life. He who does not have the son of God does not have life. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. Maybe you call him Abba. Maybe you call him Daddy. Maybe you call him Father. Maybe you call him Father God. Usually if you're in prayer meetings, there's somebody that goes, Father God, Father God, Father God, a whole bunch of times. Uh, 
Maybe you call him best friend. I know this. What you can recall is where he's been in your life, and you can hang on to that, and you can trust God. And if you can do that, and this is the last part of this, we'll close with this. The, the fifth component is, is here. If you've been justified by faith, you can stand. You're able to stand. But what we've been taught standing means is not what standing means. We've been taught, if you, you go, oh, I've got to make my stand here. We're usually talking about morality. You know, it's, you know I've got to resist evil. When it writes in the New Testament about standing, it is not talking about you making a moral choice. It's talking about that. It's action, and why I hammered this doctrinal issue of justification by faith. That's what you're supposed to stand in. That's the grace. It's the true grace of God that allows you to stand. Not what the liar says in your ear. Not what your conscience will convict you of. But rather this. That you can stand in the liberty of who God is in you. When everything about you has gone wonky and you did something that was just absolutely 100% unbelievable and you, and you said stuff and the arrows came out of your mouth and you knew it was going to hurt, but you shot them anyway and they pierced that person who's your friend. The standing that occurs is you're still in Christ. Nothing's changed. He didn't lift off and separate himself and go, well, you can't get it right. He says instead, you're right in me. That's not who you are. Those things that you just said, that's not who you really are. You're in me and I'm in you. That's your true nature is Christ. Stunning, isn't it? But this is where I can choose to make my stand. I love that. It's cut off a little bit, but the first Peter one, because this is Peter's always kind of Peter and James are the two tough guys in the New Testament, you know. And he says this, exhorting and testifying that this is the true grace of God in which you stand. Don't make your stand over morality issues and justice issues. Make your stand in the grace of God. Always. Always. It's grace that helps you to stand. And when, when I pray now, <laughs> Lord, give me the grace to stand, because that's actually what Romans 5 teaches us, the grace in which you stand. So stand. You can do that. Stand. In every situation in your life, the putting on the whole armor of God, do you know what that is? That's wrapping yourself in the edict of salvation. It's telling yourself the truth. You're taking your mind captive to the obedience of Christ when you say, I put on the helmet of salvation. It covers your thoughts. When you put on the breastplate of righteousness, that's Romans 5.1. Having done that, having done those things, I take up the shield of faith. Those are the things you believe. 
to be true about God. Not just about you, about God. And if they're true of God, then who are they true of? You. If they're true of God, they're true of you. In the spirit, you've been harnessed in this. That's where you, and that's what you stand in. Standing isn't a morality or a justice issue. Standing is a grace issue. Stand in liberty. Wow, I yielded to a really stinky choice. I'm going to take a step back right into liberty. This is where I belong. This is where I feel safe. This is where I'm comfortable. This is where I know that I can harness that God's in charge. By the way, I'll tell you the end of the story. After I got back down in the boat and went by those people, I said, didn't you hear me whistling and yelling? They went, oh, yeah, we, we heard you. What were you thinking? We didn't know. We couldn't figure out who it was. What did you take away from that? Were you mad at him? No. There's only one I can trust in. They could have come up. What would they have done? I mean, literally, and I don't, I don't mean this badly towards anybody else, but they were an old, if I'm old, they were an old man and old woman. What were they going to do? So I was a little grumpy as I'm, you know, unhelpful. God says, trust me. Trust me. You may be in a, you may be facing, so I know a couple of you, what you're facing right now. All it comes back down to, if you want to make a stand, then do Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Get this harnessed. Memorize it in your soul. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. Say it's Him. All your ways, yes, I trust you, God. And He will do what? He will direct your path in life. He knows. If it, listen, don't be scared of death. Don't be scared of it. I know I, I, I recently, again, had, had some family members pass. It's hard. It's hard, but that's not the end. You're an eternal being. That's, it's not over. It's not done. God's not done. He's in charge. I don't know what it's going to be like. One, I'd like to cruise by Pluto, just like Hannah's going to cruise over Arrowhead today. That'd be pretty cool, because I always like the planet Pluto that they say is not a planet, but may, might be a planet. But have you ever seen the, those photographs from out in space, and then they show all these colors? Isaiah tells us that the morning stars sang together. <sighs> Eternal beings. Right now. I can treat you really different if I see you as an eternal being. I can just, I can love you for who you are here. Oh man, you're 
Sorry, I got to do this one other thing. Charismatic, seeing in the spirit. We don't see in the spirit. We see into the soul. If I saw you by the spirit, what would I do? Christ. We, we use language to try and things that we know to explain what we don't know. I don't think anybody's ever seen in the spirit. They might have got a word of knowledge. They might have got a word of wisdom. They might have seen something in that soul. But I'm telling you. The writer of Hebrews in Hebrews 12 paints it this way. He sees into eternity. He sees a heavenly mountain. And he sees just men. It means they were justified by God. Made perfect. All the passing over is, is we're made perfect. You're already just. And that should be just fine with you. And we can trust him. And pray. God, for each of us here, we sort of link our arms together today. And we want to say together, I trust you. I need to know I'm with other people that trust you as much as I need to trust you right now. In this prayer right now, would you just turn to the person next to you and say, I trust God with you. I don't worry about you guys. I don't fret over you. I trust God in your life. I trust God at work in your life through every circumstance. So God, we're going to ask that thing where we ask that you would show yourself strong and mighty on our behalf. You reveal you strong and mighty on our behalf and let us see ourselves clearly in Christ in Jesus name I pray